to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? The blackest dies. Oh, God. Come on! Welcome back to the Skewered Universe podcast. My name is Jeff. And I'm Leanne. And we're back. We took a brief hiatus. I kind of burned myself out with the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. Scheduling guests and all the research and creating the artwork. So, yeah, sorry we didn't get back to you guys sooner with an episode, but we're here now. It's July, new month, fresh take. Let's go. Let's do it. So before we even talk about what we're doing tonight, and if you've paid attention to our social media, you'll know what we're covering. Leanne, is there anything you want to talk about before we get into anything? No, not really. Okay. I know, I know. I'm so exciting. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about something. It's, uh, you know, the elephant in the room. I got a copy of AEW Fight Forever. And it's fucking fun. It's really fun. I know there's many rant, tons of people out there who are just shitting on the game. It looks like crap. It's not this. Blah, blah, blah. Then it wasn't meant for you. I literally had an, a, I won't say an argument. I'll say more. I had somebody trying to start an argument with me about how critics are rating it poorly. So that means the game sucks. And yeah, I posted about it. And if you read our social media, well, my personal social media, my personal Facebook, I talked about it. But either way, I'm having a lot of fun with the game. It's a throwback. It's a lot of fun. If you like fun games and you have joy in your life and you don't like to be led around by critics like a dog on a leash to take a shit, uh, you should get the game and have fun. Enjoy your life. Fuck critics. And I know that's hypocritical of me having a podcast where I talk about movies. But you're also not a critic. I'm not a critic. I give my opinion, and I let you form your own as well. So, that being said, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with AEW Fight Forever. It's it's the most fun wrestling game I've ever played in a long time. It took you a while to figure out the uh, <laughs> mini games. <laughs> the mini games are a struggle. The Road to Elite mode, I had to figure out that you need to get you need to up your skills by using your skill points and opening up and unlocking certain things. So now that I'm playing it again with a different created wrestler, I'm having a lot more fun with it because I can do a lot more and I'm not sitting there going, why do I keep losing? It's just a fun arcade style game that's easy for anyone to pick up, which, oh, that's exactly what they said it would be from the beginning. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. Pick it up if you like to have joy in your life. That's what I'm saying. There's really, really not a whole lot else we've been doing. We've kind of just been chilling, relaxing, waiting. 
Uh, I am getting some other stuff scheduled for this show, Skewered Universe. We've got friends getting ready to come on, and new, new guests that we've never had on before from other podcasts ready to come on, so we're working on getting that scheduled to pull back the curtain a little bit, so that's exciting. And over on Tales, if you guys haven't heard of that, Tales from the Podcast, we're getting ready to do Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Starting this coming Saturday, which I believe this is, at the time of recording, this is Wednesday the 5th, so that would mean Saturday would be the 8th, I believe? We're going to be starting with episode one of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. You can find all the links on social media. You can join us in the Discord ahead of time to watch the show. But that's a separate podcast. We're here for Skewered Universe right now. So would you like to know what we're doing tonight, Leanne? Well, from looking at the screen, tigers are not afraid. That's right. Tigers are not afraid. Avion Aves. Un príncipe que quería ser tigre. Los tigres no tienen miedo. Now, I've seen this movie. I watched it a little while ago. I watched it with the Joe Bob Briggs commentary from The Last Drive-In on Shudder. And I really, really enjoy this movie. It is a beautifully dark fantasy that talks about the horrific nature of reality, basically. Nice. That's kind of my jam. (laughs) I knew you would like it. It was right up your alley. It's also got that Del Toro vibe of... 
you know, dark children's story. Children are the main focus in this, like a lot of his stories are. And it's... I don't want to say anything else. You can read the description if you want. I've not given you anything. I think it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. I hope you are. Because it says 2019 on here, but I believe that might be the English... The U.S. release, I believe it was originally released in, I believe it's Mexico, in 2017. Oh, okay. So, Tigers Are Not Afraid, directed by Issa Lopez. It's... uh, I'm giving away my hand, but I'm excited to see where you come off with this. So, if, if you're ready, I mean, we can just dive right into this. We don't have a whole lot to catch up on. Yeah. I had my little rant, and... I'm down. All right, so interstellar, interstitial style. What are interstellar interstitials? This is a rather different movie review format where Jeff and Leon will pick a movie that neither of them have seen or at least one of them has not seen. Then, they will watch the movie in real time, breaking every 15 minutes to give their thoughts on the movie to that point. At the conclusion of the film, They will give their final thoughts, recommendations, ratings, and discuss any interesting information about the movie in general. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast already in progress. And we'll talk to you guys in just a few. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay, so we are the first 15 minutes into this movie. Real quick, basic premise of Tigers Not Afraid. We have Estrella and a gang of young boys led by Shine with a little guy named Moro who doesn't speak and just carries around a little tiger. Basic premise is these kids are in a setting in Mexico that is basically run by a cartel. Their lives are basically turned upside down because of the violence and the horror that ensues from all of this. And that's that's a bare bones premise to this movie because there is a fairy tale aspect that I don't want to get into right now. What are you feeling so far, Leanne? Well, there's kind of a lot going on, so I'm I'm still trying to put together who's who. Okay. Okay. It'll come more into focus once the story gets going cuz right now it's just kind of like we've seen our main character Estrella in school. There were shootings happening outside of the school. Yeah, that was actually really it's like sweet and sad as with how the teacher was like trying to get their minds off of it. Yeah. It starts out with her talking to the class about fairy tales. Then you hear these gunshots going off outside the school, and she tries to get them right back into it. Like, don't worry about what happened. Let's continue talking about fairy tales. While they're laying on the ground. While they're laying on the ground. Estrella's given three pieces of chalk by the teacher. She says, here are three wishes, like in the fairy tale. I think it was like a comforting act. Like, hey, remember you'll always have this. 
classes get suspended. She goes home. Her mom's not there. We've met Shine, who stole a cell phone and a gun off a drunk guy in an alley. Yeah. He's the leader of the gang of kids. A little boy with a big gun. <clears throat> yeah. And you can already tell right away that his life is shit from the get-go, so... Yeah. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a happy-go-lucky story. Good. Yeah, it's... It has its moments, but you'll you'll see what. Yeah, you'll see what I refer to when I said there are moments that just kind of gut punch. Yeah, and I think it's earned in this film, but I don't want to give too much away. Mm-hmm. But as as we progress on through our interstellar interstitials here, feel free to talk freely about what you've seen. Spoilers, whatever. The movie's been out for a while, so I think if anyone is listening to this right now. Stop listening, watch the movie, then come on back. So, that being said, you ready to get back into it? Yeah. Okay, let's continue on, and we'll see you guys right after this. Maybe get some popcorn, a soda, a hot dog, I don't know. Listen to the intermission, and they'll tell you what to get. It's intermission, it's intermission. It's intermission, it's intermission. Ice cream, candy, lemonade, too. All right, so another 15 minutes in. Leanne, what are you thinking? I like the look and feel of it. Okay. Like, whoever was in charge of the look and feel, good Mm -hmm. job. Yeah. That was the first thing I took away from this when I watched it. It was, like, the the overall look, the feel. I typically don't like shaky cam movies, but in this movie, it would be inappropriate to have a a tripod. (laughs) You know I what under- I mean? I can understand that. And I I really like the fact that all these little kids are so tragic. Yeah. It's it's heartbreaking when you learn about some of their backstories real quick. I mean... She had to, in order to keep staying with these boys, she had to prove herself by killing the guy that was holding these boys hostage. <laughs> yeah. The gang in the movie, the Waskas, are known for abducting children, they take women, they kill whoever. They're connected to a guy who is a politician known by El, known as El Chino. So it's just a bad situation overall for these kids. And while a few of them are trying to like hold on to their childhood... You can tell Estrella is not sure what to make of everything going on, so she kind of tries to fit in. And Shine, the leader, is 
he's a child. He should not be this world weary already. And you can just tell the weight of the world is on his shoulders. Like he's got to look after these other boys. He's he, got to make sure they get food. He's he is a forty year old man. Yeah. yeah, he's taken on roles that no kid should have to take on, and that's. I think that's one of the more horrific things you could point out in this, that a child should not have to grow up that quick at such a young age. Yeah, but you know what? These kids are really good actors. Interesting note. You want a little tidbit on that? Yeah. None of these kids had acted before this movie. They were giving some classes when they were cast, and that was it. Nice. So it's like that, that realness comes through, like the camaraderie of these kids bonding, just everything seems so natural. Yeah. And that was one of the things the director Issa Lopez wanted was real kids to portray this as you would think it would happen. Yeah. Instead of getting actors who could give you, oh, I can cry at a moment's notice. And I think it's only beneficial to what we've seen so far. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. For not having acted in anything else, you would think that these were experienced, professional child actors. Yeah, definitely. Especially Shine, who, like you said, is a 40-year-old man. Yeah. Because he's just... He's looking out for these kids. He doesn't want Estrella there. He's like, when Moro, the little one who's quiet, was abducted, because they got chased by Kako, who was the guy abducting women and whatnot for the Waskas. He told her, he got taken because of you. It's your fault. She's like, but they were coming for the phone. He goes, no, your fault. They want chicks like you. You're a chick. You brought this. You're bad luck. And I'm like, God, it's just. And she proved herself and it's still not enough. Yeah. It almost feels like it's not enough, but in a way he feels like you're trying to take my spot at the top here. I'm, I'm in charge of this, not you. You just walked in here. Because you were hungry because your mom's not home. She showed him up, essentially. Yeah. Like, oh, you're not willing to do it? Okay, I will. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't, but... Yeah, she used... Because she's used one of her wishes. Because, like we said, she was given the three wishes. One, to bring back her mom, which... Her mom came back in a way that's not exactly something a kid would want. Definitely. And the second one she used... She was wishing she didn't have to kill the guy, and he was just dead. Yeah. Dead in his chair with the TV blasting. And then she got startled by the snake that came to life off the gun. So she fired a shot and all the kids are like, oh, she killed him. And they're telling the story now, this exaggerated story about how she went in there and told him, you're going to stop eating kids and pizza. Okay, I won't do it. So they've exaggerated this story <laughs> like kids would. Yeah. And so, so far you're enjoying what yeah. I've brought to you tonight. Okay, Definitely. Cool. Ready to keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. All right, we'll be back. All aboard the snack bar special for Coca-Cola, peanuts, hot dogs, ice cream, candy. That's the snack bar special for Coca-Cola, peanuts, hot dogs. We're just moving right along through this movie. Yeah, it's really depressing. I like it. <laughs> This is my shit. Do you see why I immediately likened it to a Del Toro film? Something along the lines of Pan's Labyrinth? Because there's not a whole lot of happiness in Pan's Labyrinth either. Yeah, no, not at all. The moments where it happens are fleeting, kind of like this. I like how she's essentially become the group's mom. Yeah. 
She's taking care of Moro after he fell, fixing up his little t plush tiger. So I gotta say, that little guy, he's he's adorable. Yeah. They've done really a good is. job. They've sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you there. You're fine. <laughs> They've done a good job of like making you feel for these kids. Like immediately you're like, okay, I don't want anything bad to happen to these kids. You're on their side. Yeah, for sure. They're not they're not little jerks. No. They're just trying to survive. Even though Shine in the beginning could seem like a jerk, when you see that moment of vulnerability where he's showing Estrella, this is the only picture of my mom on the stolen phone he took, it's like, okay, we you get a little glimpse into why he is the way he is. I think he wants her to become his kind of mom. I can see that. To mother him the way she mothered the others. Yeah. Maybe. He's definitely got some walls up, though, that would take some breaking down, like, trust issues, definitely. Yeah. I want to ask you about uh, the blood trail, we're seeing the literal blood trail following Estrella through the movie. What do you think about that? Um, I was fine with it up until she used the chalk to stop it from going into the doorway, but it had no problem being on the walls and going around corners. Yeah, I think... Okay, because the blood trail we... From when I watched this with Joe Bob and everything, it's basically like the literal blood trail of the violence happening all around them. The way I took the chalk stopping it was she's still in charge of writing her own way out, essentially. She doesn't have to be a victim. So it's kind of like, no, this is where I draw the line. I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be involved in this. I can still, I'm young enough, I can still write my own future. That's the way I took it. That makes sense. Yeah. Where we're at now, what are you thinking? Well, right now, it's her and what's-his-face. Shine. Yeah. And he wants to know how she's going to use her last wish. And right. so she's kind of explaining to him how the wishes work and how something bad usually happens and she can't bring back his dead mom, she can't get rid of the scar on his face. Right. She's very much like, look, every wish I've made, something bad has happened. I'm not doing it again. Yeah. I did like when these kids were forced to move. So after she's wished Kako dead, and she's freed Moro and two other little boys from his, I don't know, weird child dungeon he had in his home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They woke Shine up. They're like, we. she says we gotta go. Estrella says we gotta go find a new place. Like, with a heated pool and a soccer field. Like, they just have these outrageous ideas. And Shine's like, you guys are stupid. None of that's gonna exist. But fine, we'll move. Get your shit together. Calls them a bunch of asshats. <laughs> but they find, they find a place, eventually, after they take the two other boys that were with them back to the gang their brother's in. Yeah. And that gang's like, well, what are you going to do? You killed the guy. They're looking for you. They're going to find you. And Shine's like, no, we're going to hide. We'll be fine. And they're hiding in the perfect place for them. Yeah, they found a little... There's like a giant puddle where some goldfish have been out of their bowl and been thriving. They found a... They didn't find a soccer field, but they found a box full of old soccer balls or volleyballs or whatever that they can play with. Yeah. They're having a good time. They're letting their imaginations 
Like, for a moment, they're all allowed to be kids. Yeah, exactly. They're taking markers and making jerseys on each other's backs, trying to draw... They're just being kids. And it's a moment where you're like, okay, the pressures of everything have gone away, so you get to see them just acting as children. And then we're right back to the dark, depressing shit of, oh, reality is still looming. Yeah. There's still very much a real world out there. These kids are still in danger. But it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. All right. You ready to continue on with some more Tigers Are Not Afraid? Let's get into it. All right. What's to eat? What's to drink? Good food galore. Quick as a wink. Ice cream bars. It's the handy way to enjoy smooth, rich, creamy ice cream. Get some. All right, we're back after another 15 minutes. What are you thinking, Leanne? Still very depressing. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, uh... You see how it takes that turn real quick to even more depressing. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, because we see... So after Shine was asking her, asking Estrella about the wishes, he goes off to get pictures of her mom, because she doesn't have any. He asked her that. She was looking through the phone to see. She's got nothing to remember her mom by, except the creepy version of her mom that shows up every once in a while. I think something we neglected to say. She's seeing visions of her mom telling her, like, bring him to me. So we, we see Shine goes to the house, gets the picture. Something startles him. He runs out, gets caught by a guy who says, Oh, you killed my brother. I want the phone. Where's the girl? He essentially gets Shine to take him to where all the kids are. He's got another guy with him. They're like, yeah, we're going to get the phone. We'll get everything. And in them trying to defend themselves, Moro shoots one of the guys. And then little Morito gets shot in the chest. Yeah. I still teared up again at that part because just... Ugh. <laughs> it's it's so heartbreaking. It's like he's only trying to survive and you a grown man shot this little like six year old kid. Precious little boy. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't speak, wouldn't hurt anyone, is only trying to protect his family essentially. Yeah. And you just shot him ugh. And so yeah, that just rips your heart out. Mm -hmm. Seeing the way it affects these kids, it rips your heart out. Yeah. Because they're, they're the only family each other has now. And they, they find out that she, in fact, did not kill What's-His-Face. Gakko. Yeah. Yeah, they called Chino. She told Shine to call him, and he goes, Oh, yeah, well, you didn't kill him, even though you're saying you are. I killed him, because he didn't bring me my phone. Or he didn't bring me the phone. Mm. As it turns out... That phone has a video of Chino killing somebody. Kako was going to use it to blackmail him, essentially. And shit is just getting very, very twisted and dark. The cops won't even help when two of the kids take the phone from Shine and run off trying to get help from the cops. The cops are like, yeah, we're not fucking dealing with that. You kids are on your own. Yeah. I think now we found out that this literal blood trail following Estrella is telling her where to take Chino. 
Yeah. Because we've seen this these dead spirits are talking to her ever since she's made these wishes. You can tell they want they want revenge. They want revenge. They're like, look, you need to bring him to us. Bring him to where he keeps the dead. Mm-hmm. That's all we're told, so we don't know where it is. It's in a way it kinda it definitely reminds me of Pan's Labyrinth. Oh yeah, there are definite similarities. Similarities, but yet it's it's so different because it's not There are no side quests. Yeah, there's not a lot of that dark fantasy, but there's enough. Like, there's a little dragon that came off the case and is now following Estrella around. There's the blood trail, the spirits of the dead, you know, showing up as these, like, ghosts, essentially. These dead ghosts. We've seen... Yeah, I know, dead ghosts. It's redundant. I don't know how to describe it. They're (laughs) these spirits that she's seeing. Yeah. Little Moro spirit has come back with... This little tiger plushie came to life. It's so cute. It's so cute, but it's so like it's. You're just like, oh. you're like, oh, that's how he saw his little plushie. Yeah, and you can hear it making noises like, like purring almost, like purring and like growling, like pick me up, pick me up. Yeah. It reminded me of when Estrella first met the boys, and they said, "Hey, you know, tigers eat kids, and they especially like females." And they go, show her, Moro, and he grabs the tiger and he's going, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that sound. Yeah. Just like, ah, oh, this precious little boy gets murdered. Yeah. And, Good stuff. Uh, now we're seeing they're getting ready to go meet with Chino to give him the phone. So we don't know. Well, I know what's going to happen, but you don't know. Right. So I'm assuming you're... I don't want to say excited, but you're eager to see where this story is going to go from here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. So should we just go ahead and cut the chit-chat? Get back to the (laughs) riffraff? I don't know what I'm saying. Just get back to the movie? (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll be back. And now meet the star of our show. Symbol of a treat that quality made famous. America's most famous ice cream treat. Eskimo pie. Creamy, delicious ice cream made even more exciting with smooth, rich chocolate coating and wearing the label of quality known the world over. Eskimo pie, the treat you know is tops because it carries its pledge of quality right on the back of the bag. Be sure you save the bags for valuable premiums. Get famous Eskimo pie at our refreshment stand now. It's America's anytime taste treat. Finest ice cream, finest chocolate. It's delicious. All right. We just finished Tigers Are Not Afraid. We did. So, do we want to talk about that last little bit that we saw before we get into how you felt overall about the film? Um, sure. As we said in our last interstitial, Estrella and Shine were getting ready to go take the phone to see Chino. Yeah. Well, Pop and Tuxi were also going with them, but before that, they came back and saw Estrella had essentially left Moro's body. Because they were like, hey, we're going off. You stay here with him. This is your fault that he's dead. You watch over him. Yeah. Well, she got sidetracked with all the spirits following her saying, hey, bring Chino to us. We'll handle it. Well, they come back and see that she's not there. So they decided, okay, we got to bury Moro. We got to, you know, give him his final respects. When she comes back and finds them, I it looked like it was like a little mini fridge or something. I don't know. It was weird. Something that they had like budgie corded shut. 
and essentially gave Moro like a little burial at sea. Yeah. Is is really kind of sad that they're like, we gotta take care of this first. They're like, first we pay our respects to Moro, and they're calling her a liar, and this is when Shine has realized that the video on the phone that they've seen of Chino killing a woman is Estrella's mom, and he's trying to tell her, but he he doesn't have the heart to yeah. really tell her. He's like, I'll tell you later, we just gotta go. Yeah. So, we move forward, they get to where they're meeting Chino, and it gets really scary real quick. Yeah. They slide the phone over after they've taken a bus to get to this spa. Chino shoots his two gang members there. He goes, hey, we had a deal, right? I get rid of them, you give me the phone, we're done. Get out of here, I don't want to see you. Only Shine switched the phones. He didn't give them the real phone. So the Taco's phone is still in Shine's possession. He shows Estrella the video. She's like, this is where they killed my mom, isn't it? She So she knows her mom's dead. Yeah. She's known. She's just wanting to find her mom to like have that closure. And Shine's like, look, there's no wishes. We got to get out of here. He's going to know we switched phones real quick and we're dead. She tries to make a wish. She wished that his scar on his face would go away from when they burned his house. Pop. He gets shot. The scar did go away, yeah, but in a terrible way. He's killed. The blood trail shows up. He's another victim of all this violence. So Estrella is now running for her life from this guy. And we see the little, the blood trail is showing her where to go, along with Morito's little tiger plushie. Super adorable. <laughs> His little grunts and like purrs of like, hey, come this way. You gotta <laughs> open this. She ends up in, like, this little crawl space area to get away, which leads her down into... The place where he kept people. All the dead bodies. It's... Mm. So she basically lays a trap for him. Yeah. Because he's calling this phone the entire time. Because he knows they have it. And ultimately, these spirits take their revenge. Yes. They trap him, you hear him scream. The last bit is Shine's spirit shows up to torch the place at the yeah, end. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah. I liked the tiger at the end. There's like a real tiger there that she sees. We know it's part of the fantasy. Yeah. A part of me wonders if that was like Moro's little tiger. Like, hey, I can be a real tiger now. Oh, I took I it know. as... What's his face being the tiger? Oh, Shine finally mm-hmm. being the tiger because he was like, "I'm not a tiger." I'm... Tigers Actually, are not yeah, a... tigers are not afraid. Yeah, and he wasn't afraid, and he's dead now, and maybe now he's a tiger. Now he's finally at peace, I guess. God, I didn't think about. I think you're right. Forget what I said, Leanne. You're right. <laughs> so ultimately, not not a happy ending. For I everyone. didn't understand the ending really. The ending's basically like, okay, well, she's gotten away from all that violence, but at what cost? I feel. That's the way I took it. Okay, but she walks off into a green pasture. I think it's still part of the fantasy, like at the end of Pan's Labyrinth, where oh, that okay. character is essentially dying and well, she's... yeah, but she's not dead. Yeah. She, this girl's no, still alive. she survived, but I think this is still part of like that fantasy world of, okay, well, now I'm moving... From this dark, depressing violence into something that's more happy 
at yeah. the end. So it's kind of a happy ending, but kind of a like, well, at what cost does she get to be happy? Yeah. Her little makeshift family is gone. The two boys ran off. Pop and Tooksie, they took off. Yeah, but she she helped take down, like, gangs and shit. Yeah. I think everyone knows how I feel about this. How did you, How do you feel after watching this now? No, I liked it. It's perfectly sad, perfectly depressing. <laughs> Child death in it. I'm always okay with that for depression reasons, not because I think killing children <laughs> is okay. Oh, my God. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, I liked it. It was good story, good Yay. acting. Yeah. I, I was really high on this when I saw it, so I was excited to bring it to you. So I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, very much. I figured you would because it had that same, I know I keep saying it, that Del Toro vibe to it. And that is not simply because this is a Mexican director. Issa Lopez is very much her own director. There are her own touches to this. What I'm saying is, like, it's hard to do something that has an element of dark fantasy and the horrific horrific reality surrounding children in these very violent scenarios and not think of Del Toro, especially like a Pan's Labyrinth and things like that. Well, it's even in the description on the screen. Yeah, very much. And I think Del Toro actually listed this as one of his like favorite films of 2017 when it came out. That makes sense. So that's that's very high praise. I definitely want to see more from this director. It would definitely be worth it to d- dive into what else she's done. Absolutely. This movie is is not just a just a good story. It's a beautifully shot movie. Yeah, definitely. I I can't say anymore. I I love this movie. Yeah, I can see why. It's it had everything that I wanted for a film like this. And some people might say, "Well, it's not necessarily horror. It's like, well, there's the horror of reality." Yeah, there's ghosts, there's dead bodies, there's murder, like children without parents, like how is that not horror? Yeah. I I definitely feel this is in the vein of horror. There's enough there. It's just really, really good. So would you recommend people check this out? Absolutely. And if you want to check it out, go to Shudder. I don't know why I'm making movements with my hands like people can see me. I guess it's the the time I've done doing live video podcasts on Saturdays that is getting to me. But anyway, yeah, check it out. It's on Shudder. It's definitely worth a watch. Anything else you want to say before we... Uh, do some plug-in and get out of here? No, I'm just that I love you. That's it. She loves you guys. Yeah. She loves you a lot. I can take her leave you guys. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So you know where to find us. You can find us on all the socials. Facebook, Instagram. We are no longer on Twitter. I am done with Twitter. I have left that cesspool. We're no longer there. So if you look for us, we're gone from there. But like I said, Facebook, Instagram, Go over to skewerdhead.com. You can find all of our socials there. There's a link tree. It'll give you everything you need to know. You can check us out in the Podbean app, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Play, whatever it is. I don't know. Google's got their own thing going on. You can head over to patreon.com slash Podcast to support the show. If you want to start your own, there's a Podbean affiliate link in the description. We get something if you sign up for a paid unlimited plan to get your own podcast started. 
and you get a month of free hosting on that unlimited plan. Free month of hosting. That's insane. So that being said, I think we're going to get out of here. This was kind of a quick episode, but I wanted to get something out. I definitely wanted to bring Tigers Are Not Afraid to the table for Leanne. Yeah, I appreciate it. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Remember, uh, you can catch me this coming Saturday on Tales from the Podcast. We're going to be starting our six-episode series on Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. It's a really good show. It's really funny. <laughs> I suggest you guys check it out, but you can check us out with... Uh, keep your eye on the socials for Tales from the Podcast. We're going to be doing some watch-alongs of the show before we do the episodes live every Saturday. But until then... I think you guys should just keep enjoying that universe that is just a bit skewered. Skewered.